0: building our life on the only foundation that while everything that's being shaken can be shaken only that which will remain and that's our faith and trust in Jesus Christ that's it man Everything else is going to uh, to uh, if you put your faith in anything beyond that, you're 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 in a hopeless situation. And so we've been looking at making sure that we, the people of God, are on the right foundation, on the foundation and pillar of truth. That uh, and uh, we've been uh, talking about that. And then God, this year, I believe, is going to take us. And uh, now that we're on that on that firm foundation, we're going to go. And we're going to we now that we're free. Free in the sun. We're going to go. We know our eternity is secure, Raymond. It's time to go and be his ambassadors and tell others about this glorious freedom and life that they can have in Jesus Christ. So, we're going to do a lot of outreach in the coming year. We're going to do a lot of togetherness uh, as his body. And uh, so, uh, we're gonna, you're going to become ministers. If you're not doing that already, because that's what you're called to be and do, and so we're going to, uh, and and kind of Hebrews 12 kind of brings us down to that today uh, in in a in in a a unique sort of way. I want to read you something out of my uh, devotion uh, that I read uh, a devotion book of going through the Bible. And uh, this is out of Hebrews 13. I want to read you a part of it because it kind of is going to set the stage for the message today in Hebrews chapter. Uh, Thirteen, and it says this. Uh, and the, and the, mes- the title of the net message today is "Never Abandoned." Never abandoned, and that's a that's a great promise. We said the Hebrew people at this time, the people, the, the believers, the Judaizers, the Jew- the, the, the people, uh, the Jews that had come to faith in Jesus at this time, uh, that that this letter is being written because many of them have are coming under persecution, and they have decided it's better to go back to the old system. And 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 so they're thinking, maybe it was better back there with uh, with Moses and the law and all of these things. And so all of a the sudden they're looking back thinking, maybe I should go back uh, to this. And God puts the pen into the rider of a hand and he says, no, nope, what's going to stop this is going to be that uh, uh, we're going to give you the re- revelation of Christ. And we we don't see any other book like this book. Uh, in, a, in all the Word of God, I think you read a lot of books, but this book is is so unique in the fact that from from, from page after page is just simply the revelation of Jesus I mean you just see more of Christ more of Christ more of Christ more of Christ and, and, and that's what we, we've seen in these pages so how is the writer going to end it today if the Holy Spirit has been kind of the attorney that's been there with us the hearer presenting the argument and the case about Christ is better than than, than all these other things and then going back then, then, then how how is he going to close out the argument he's got to close it out succinct to the way the whole book has been he's got to close it out with a solid good strong case and 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 he does that today and so let me read this of what it says in uh this uh devotion and then we'll get started but it says this anything can happen before the year ends you may meet your mate you may get pregnant You may graduate, start a new career, or move. You may have your first job interview. You may become an empty nester or attend your child's wedding or have your first grandchild. You may start attending a new church or you may start a new walk with God. The bad stuff can come just as fast. You may get a divorce. You may have a miscarriage. You may deal with a foreclosure. You may get fired. The doctor may uh, say to you that you have cancer. Your child may become an atheist. You may experience the death of a spouse, a child, a parent, a close friend. Nothing seems to be concrete or forever. And for all the change that happens in our lives... Hebrews 13 reminds us that despite change, there is one who does not change. He hath said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do for me, Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. There is a tribe, he says, in South, Af- uh, South America that has an initiation rite for their young men when they turn 12 years old. One of the things they do is take them into the deepest part of the jungle, Leave them there all night by themselves. It was their own father who had to lead them and leave them for their dreaded night alone. The boy would sit in fear all night listening to the ghoulish sounds on, of the forest. When the sun finally rose the next morning, the boy would look just a few feet away and see that his father had been sitting there the entire time. He just didn't know it. The boy would ask, Have you been there all night? To which the father would reply, of course I was there all night. Do you think I would leave you alone? Do you think that I would have ever left you in this place alone? And God says the same thing that this South American father says. God says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And we're going to look at this amazing close of this book today and just see what great promise God has given us in His Word. And if God has given us such a promise, then how should we go on living and responding? So, Father, speak to our hearts today, God, and change our lives, God. I love that story that Tim Delena gives us in that chapter right there, God, where he says that this Father, God, in South Africa, America, took this young man, this young boy out to 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 help him to grow up and to and to and to grow. And yet he was right there, never leaving him, nor forsaking him. God, he's there watching over him to make sure nothing really happened. But God, the boy is there, God, growing in, in character, in knowledge, in wisdom. And he comes out of that story knowing that no matter what, that father would never let anything happen to him. And God, we are going through a world, a testing, a shaking, and so many things in this earth. But we have a God who now, had through this entire book, has shown us what he has done in giving His Son as a a ransom for us, God, and and, and arresting death for us and letting our life begin in Him and how He'll never leave us nor forsake us, God. And so, Lord, speak to us today through this book. And, Lord, change our lives. Make our foundation strong and, and so that we're able to stand, God, in the coming days. And, God, if we can just get this truth into our hearts and into our minds and into our spirits, God, that you'll never leave us nor forsake us, God. If we can just get that etched into our life, God, and believe it with all of our hearts, God, Lord, then, 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 then what can man do to us, God? What can happen in the days ahead? You're with us. And so, Lord, we just thank you, Father, and we praise you, God, that you are with us. We're thankful that for words like the, the gates of hell will never prevail against your people or your church, God. And we just praise you today in Jesus' holy name, amen. Hebrews 13, never abandon. Now, there's a couple of uh, scriptures that I want to start out with. And we're going to kind of do something like we do with kids when we take them on a trip. What do we do when we take kids on a trip? Sometimes so that they can understand where we're going, a family on vacation, we'll get them in the car and we'll tell them, they, we'll, we'll show them maybe like, I know when we flew to Israel, man, when we flew to Israel and we got that, I got that little, uh, in front of me, that little TV screen and, and you could pull up the satellite or the map and when we're just starting on the journey, I could take the plane and show all the way over there that beautiful city in Jerusalem we're going to and I can see the destination of where that plane's going to fly. And then if I want to zero in, I can see all the points that it's going to take us to get there, where we're going to have to stop and where we're going to lay over and all that good stuff. So it helps sometimes seeing the end from the beginning and kind of seeing the end and then backtracking to where we're going to have to go, you know, and that way maybe I don't ask so many questions to Jerry and others like, or my dad, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? You know, like we do in the car. And so that's kind of what we're going to do today is we're going to go all the way to the end of the book. The Hebrews, and we're going to come back to the first chapter, uh, or all the way to the end of chapter thirteen, and then we're going to show you where we're going, and then we're going to come back and show you chapters one or verses one, two, three uh, to six, and kind of show you where we're going to wind up. But I do want to read you a few scriptures at first, and they're up on the screen. And here we go. The first scripture I want to show you today, where we're going to come back to, is "Let brotherly love continue." That's what the writer is going to bring us back to here. He says, "Let." Brotherly love continue. And I'll talk more about that when we get there, but that word brotherly love, come on, who knows the city of brotherly love? Philadelphia. Come on, study your history. Philadelphia. Which church in Revelation is the good church? Philadelphia, right? Not Philadelphia that we know, but Philadelphia way over across the other part of the world. But but that that's the kind of love we're talking about here. There's lots of different types of love in the Bible that we talk about. Eros, we talk about agapeo, we talk about all that. But we're talking about a sincere brotherly love that is so vital here in these passages of Scripture. Then look at verse 5. He says, for he himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And we're going to find out something that is so unique about that word right there that it, that cannot be translated in the, in the English very well. And, and it's going to blow your mind what's there inside of that in the Greek. Now go to the other couple of scriptures here. Verse 13, chapter 13, verse 10, it says we have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. Why would you want to leave? Why would you want to leave Christianity and go back to, to the old covenant? why would you want to do this why would you want to go back there when you've come into the glorious liberty in Christ he's saying to the Hebrews don't do it man stay with Christ stay with Christ he's your inheritance he's the real deal he's the type he's not the type in shadow he's the he's the revelation of it all he's the he's the real deal don't leave and go back to this old system that was great and glorious but this is what was to come this is it's here and and this is what you want to hang on to. And then chapter tw- uh, verse 20 he says, The God of peace who brought up our Lord from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of, and I want you to catch those words, the everlasting covenant. The everlasting covenant. Now, when we go back, uh, uh, and and that's what we just sung about. God's pledge to give us eternal salvation. God's pledge to give us an inheritance. Come on, it's not just just, uh, uh, all of these other things that were, like we said, the types and shadows that you had to work and earn. Now God has taken care of that for us. Now his Christ has come, and he has been triumphant, and he has obtained salvation. That's not just temporal that we have to go back to the temple. Every year and do year after year after year after year and those sacrifices year after year and then our conscience immediately when I go out and do something wrong, uh, just right after that, you know, uh, your donkey cuts off in front of me and on the way back out of the temple here and now I'm mad at you and I I got road donkey rage or whatever, but now I'm mad and so I've just messed up already. Well, I got to wait another year and we'll sacrifice again, but my sins have been atoned for that year, but I got to do it again and again and again again and again. But now the eternal covenant has come. Now Christ has come and secured us uh, eternal salvation, eternal peace, eternal joy, eternal inheritance that's here. And that's what he's saying in this closing argument. That's what he's coming down to at the end, is to come down with a strong argument. This Holy Spirit is saying, uh, I mean, these Jews that are wanting to go back to the old system, they're frustrated, they're being persecuted, they're going through pain. They're going through all sorts of things, and they're saying maybe it's just better to go back there. Maybe it's just better to do what we used to do. And the Holy Spirit's throwing them a lifeline and saying, "Don't go back there. Let me show you Christ. Let me let me show you. After page after page, chapter after chapter, verse after verse, you can't leave this. He is he's everything. He's the author, the finisher of our faith. He's everything. And and so we we went in those first chapters there in the book of Hebrews. And you remember what happened in the very first chapters? It says the Holy Spirit is the defense attorney. And he's coming up to present his case to us, the hearers, and especially the Hebrews back there. And he's saying, through it, he's meant to draw them back to Christianity and not to leave. And that's what I want to do with those who have, after COVID, they haven't returned to the house of God. They're downcast. They don't understand why their loved ones died. They're depressed. They're going through things they don't understand. They no longer have a good revelation of Jesus Christ and I'm here to go through these pages in this scripture and say throw you a lifeline and say Jesus Christ is worth it he's worth it and he is supreme and he is Lord and why would you go back to anything other than him stay the course amen And that's what the defense attorney does here in the first pages when he starts talking about the supremacy of and you remember we went over. He opens these chapters by saying Christ is supreme to everything. He says Christ is supreme over angels. The Jews, angels were very important in their beginning. Angels were very important in in the beginning of their nation. Angels were very important in their religion. Angels were very, very important in our religion. He was very important because we came out of Judaism we are Ju- uh, that that is our religion except we've accepted Messiah but 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 we've been grafted in but he's saying hey the beginning you started with angels you you see that uh, Gabriel you see you see uh, Michael you see these angels that were there they announced the birth of, of Messiah they they did so many things they were there on the mountain with Moses when the Ten Commandments were received you've seen angels all throughout the history of Israel and all throughout Judaism but I'm here to tell you the writer is saying there's somebody better than angels he was made a little lower than the angels but he's supreme to the angels he's Jesus he's greater than the angels and we saw that how he was making a case for for, uh, Jesus is supreme and then he said hey Moses we know Moses is important to you we know Moses is important to Jews we know he's the great deliverer and he didn't tear Moses down using." When we, want, when we want to make an argument for somebody else, I'll tear them down so that I can make me look good or somebody else look good. The writer doesn't tear down Moses. The writer says, "Hey, Moses, built, Moses, uh, you know, was great over the house of Israel. Moses was there. He was tended to it. He was doing all sorts of things. But there's one greater than the one who just kind of tends the house and is a servant in the house. There is the one who built the house. And Jesus Christ is supreme to Moses. Why?" would you want to go back to Moses when Christ is the risen one he's the supreme one he's the builder of the church and the builder of the house amen <laughs> whose house we are if you hold fast and then the Holy Spirit writes to these people who are leaving the faith and says hey he's greater than the Aaronic priesthood I mean this book is all about Jesus it's all about it he saying Raymond The tabernacle's good. But it was a picture of the heavenly one that Moses received. It's a place God could meet with them and deal with their transgressions and come down in a, in, in a cloud of, uh, of uh, uh, in the day and a pillar of fire at night and meet with the people and sacrifices could go on and all of that. But it was temporary. It was just something that was temporal until that which is perfect was going to come. And they say, why in the world would you want to go back to sacrifices that you had to do once a year every year over and over and over and again why would you want to go back to the Aaronic priesthood that they were put into place but the guy had to offer sacrifices for his own sin first and then for the people and the guy's not going to might not be there next year he might die he might be taken out of office but you've got somebody now that has come he's higher than the Aaronic priesthood he's after the line of Melchizedek he is eternal he's in the heavens He's 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 entered in behind the veil and he's there forever. Your high priest, he'll never be taken down. He has no beginning. He has no end. He's there forever and ever and ever acting on the behalf of you and me. Hebrew people, you want to go back to that? Christ is supreme to that. And so he's writing this argument over and over to the hearers. And then he says, Christ is greater. He goes into the fourth chapter and he begins to say, Christ is greater and supreme over the old covenant. Hey, the Old Covenant served its purpose It's good. It has its purpose in bringing the law. It has the purpose in showing us our guilt. It has the purpose of stopping our mouths and presenting us guilty before God. But we need a Savior. We need a Savior. We need somebody that's going to come in and rescue us. We need somebody that can pay the debt in full. We need somebody that can shed his own blood and, and cleanse the conscience of man and cause us to be free, free forever. Amen. That we're free. Amen. Man, we're free of guilt. We're free in our conscience. We're free in our mind. We can come in this place and lift hands because of Christ. Not because of Brad. Not because of something I did good last week. But something that he did. I have a right to come into his presence now by a new and living way through the blood of Jesus Christ. Not the blood of goats and bulls. They served their purpose but, but now, now, there's a new covenant been enacted. Now, now, now Jesus is here. You don't want to go back? You don't want to go back to that? Let me show you Christ. Let me give you the revelation of the Son. And so the Holy Spirit brings this to the hearers of the jury or the jury, which is us, this picture of Christ over and over and over and over in these closing arguments. And He must bring this to close with the same power as the other chapters were written. And here's the deal. If we clearly understand what we have as Christians, then it will make the journey easier. And that's what he's trying to do. If we clearly will come down to the end of understanding just what we have as Christians, then when the persecution and the trials and the difficulties come, then you can make it. You can endure to the end. And that's what he wants you to have, a clear understanding in these last passages of scripture to make your journey easier and that's what I want to do for the remainder of your time on this earth I want you to know Christ and I want the journey to be easier for you because you know exactly what he's obtained for you you know your inheritance last week we said he wants us to persevere the writer wrote hey don't be like Esau who didn't care about his inheritance but you you laying aside every weight that does so easily beset you run the race with patience run it to the end you got a cloud of witnesses that are around you. You're you, you just fixing your focus and your eyes on Jesus. He was the author of our faith. He's the one who is the example of faith. We looked for. We looked back. We were warned uh, when we look out to Esau and others. And because we want our faith to end uh, well. And we want our faith to end strong. And it will if you fix it on the one who already obtained it. And that's Jesus Christ. The author and finisher or perfecter. He's the Pioneer. Why would would we not look to the pioneer of our faith on how to continue on in faith? So so that's what we do. And so today we're going to look at verse 20, which we looked at. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. We're going to move backwards from that. And and, uh, this is an amazing passage of Scripture. What an amazing passage. Uh, man, there, there, there's just a beautiful, beautiful way right here of, of of ending this. He is saying that this amazing agreement or this amazing covenant is it, it's, it's better than the old one, and it will last forever. It will last eternally. And 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 here's what he says. He goes on to say, if you if you look at the Greek word, it's a nea and and any or, or a. Anos, anios. And, 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 it, and it means this. That doesn't matter. But here's what matters is what it means. It, it, it means to present day in and it's present with you day in and day out. It's not just you got to reach into the heavens and pull it down. What he's saying here and the writer is saying here is this everlasting covenant is with you now because of what Christ has accomplished. It's with you every day. It's with you when you're sitting there in the the jungle and you're terrified because you don't know that your father's really there, but he's really there. It's there with you when you've had the bad day. It's there with you when you're on the mountain and you've had the good day. The Bible is saying right here because of what Christ has obtained for you what Jesus has done this great shepherd of the sheep he laying down his life picking his life back up again shedding his blood that's a blood that cries out far better than the blood of Abel it's obtained far, far more than that for us and it is the blood of the eternal and everlasting covenant and it is present with you day in and day out in other words now i have his presence here i have his mercy here i mean if everybody in this room needed the mercy of god today and all of you got the mercy of god, and I'm sitting there with my head down thinking man dog everybody here got mercy there it's depleted no the mercy of God can never be depleted now it continues to flow because of what Christ has done for us there is grace available there's mercy available there's power available there's presence available now because of Jesus Christ amen hallelujah and so it's with us every single day in whatever we face, in whatever generation. You know, here's what we do to this young generation. I'm trying to correct myself. Because here's what we say. Man, America is hopeless. And then we'll say, it is so gone, so bad. I'm glad I'm going. I'm glad I'm 50. I'm glad I'm 80 because, man, I'm getting out of here. I'd hate to be you young people. <laughs> And that's what we've done to our young people. Folks, it doesn't matter what he's saying, the writer is saying here. It doesn't matter. In my generation, the grace of God is there. The mercy of God is there. The covenant of God is there. It's all available for you in this generation. It was available in the 50s. It was available in the 60s. It's available in the 70s. It's available in the 80s. It's available in the 90s. It's going to be available when my dad's gone, when I'm gone. It's still there. It doesn't matter if you have a good day or a bad day. God's grace, mercy, love, power. Our mind, everything is still available. And that ought to give us courage. That even if the world's burning, Jerry... Even if the world's falling apart, God's covenant is still real. It's still eternal. It's still available to us. I can still take the same message and preach it outside of these walls, no matter what we're living under, under tyranny or under freedom. I can still take the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ and say, whosoever will, let him come and drink from the waters of life. Whosoever will, let him come out of the bondage of sin and into the glorious freedom of Jesus Christ. Whosoever will, let them pass from the darkness of death and destruction and come into eternal life. There's always hope in Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we fear not, neither be dismayed. Right? So we ought to be telling our children, fear not. God is with you. Neither be dismayed. There's giants in the land, but you got God. He's got an eternal covenant. He's got eternal promises. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. Things may change, but this covenant doesn't change. And that's what the writer is trying to come down. And that's why for a year now I've been preaching to you covenant. For a year So that, because I knew your mind and your heart was going to just discount it and I knew our our faith was going to ebb and I wanted you to hear it over and over and over about the the new covenant and 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 I'll sprinkle your heart clean and I'll take out the old heart of stone and I'll give you a new heart and I'll give you a new mind and I'll give you a new spirit and I'll cause you to walk in my statutes and I'll cause you to walk in my ways and I'll cause you to do my commandments I wanted you to hear it over and over and over and over again so that you would know you're standing on solid rock and that the world may change, but this covenant-keeping, faithful God will never change. Amen? And it's made for every human that wants it. And here's the beautiful part. You don't have to work yourself up. You don't have to do something to receive it. And look what he says in verse 5. Here's where the title comes, Never Abandoned. He says, and I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now I said this word had something cool in it. This word has five negations attached to it in the Greek. So they couldn't translate it in the English because we don't have anything to do that with. And so so in the Greek, we in the English we just put he will never leave you. Five negatives that are really positive. Because never is a negative, but it's going to be a positive. And what he's saying is, I will never, never, never. No, never, no, never, 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 leave you nor forsake you. And the, Hebrew, the writers there, it's kind of like when Jesus said things like, verily, verily. See, the writer wants you, it's, it's like in the mouth of two or three witnesses, they would write things like this. So the writer puts these five things there that he wants you to know. No, if you think he'll leave you, no, I'm telling you, he will never, 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 no, never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, thank you, Brad. We've been dumbed down by television and phones and we can't hardly comprehend something spiritual. Get it into your spirit. Jeez, our brains are fried. Get that into your spirit. I, the God of the universe, says, I will never, never, no, never, no, never, no, never, no, never, no, never leave you nor forsake you. You know why I did pornography and... Drank and did all the things I did because my whole life from this big I've had the fear of abandonment. Because I was terrified, I spent a whole year of my life crying my eyes out in school. My mom had to quit school and take a whole year off with me. I'm not. Ta- I'm talking about bad abandonment. My whole life has been fearful that I'm going to be abandoned. Do you know what this means to me? That's why y'all can sit there with a blank stare when I know when the day that God came into my life and said, guess what? Your dad will leave you one day. He's going to die right i can't promise you he's not gonna die there'll be a day he'll go out of the world if he lives long enough and he'll go be return. I can't promise you maybe you'll outlive your wife maybe you won't but she could die your children you could have to give them up in this world but but but, but here's the thing I will never leave you brad I'm eternal I, I've already died and risen from the dead I will be with you i'll be with you like that little guy that's sitting over there shaking and afraid that he said that, that he's alone I'm right there Beside you, I will never, 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 no, never, never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. I got to a point, man. I used to think I couldn't live without a girl. I couldn't live without, I mean, I, I, I did some things to hang on to girlfriends that were just, just sad and just, and, and just uh, looking back, shameful. But I, 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 I had to have somebody. And I didn't think God would have me or was worthy of me, but you know what? He, he finally the blood of the new covenant. He will have me. He will have you. And he will never, no, never leave you, Brad. I will stay with you. What I've begun, that's why I love Philippians 1, 6. It's my verse. That he who began a good work in you will perform it and carry it on to completion till the coming of Jesus Christ. Because even after I came to Christ, it took me a while to get convinced of this because I thought, well, he might decide he doesn't like what he sees. So I've got to work and do some things to impress it. And finally, i got to a point where I couldn't do that and there was nothing left but to say God this is all there is if you want it you can have it and he said Brad I love you I'll never no never no never no never leave you nor forsake you I want you I sent my son to die for you and to eternally secure you in my love and so I want you and so I, if you leave anything this writer is saying there is no chance I will leave you alone I will no never leave you my covenant is secure my promises are good There's no chance. uh, This is part of your inheritance. Is the fact that I will never, never leave you. And it's quoted from Joshua 1.5. And let me read Joshua 1.5 because this passage is so good. Listen to what Joshua 1.5 says. This is where he's quoting from. And it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses aide, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan." river into the land I'm about to give to them to the Israelites I and here here's what he's saying right here to us I'm with you and because I'm with you going in and every place where you set your foot that I've as I promised to Moses it's yours it's yours you can guarantee it you can take it to the bank I'm with you your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great rivers Euphrates and the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea and the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And he has been with the Israelites, and he will be with the Israelites till the very end. And what he's saying to us, he was with the disciples. Jesus was there personally with the disciples. He was there with them. And guess what? He said, I'm not leaving you orphanless. I'm not leaving you comfortless. I'll send you the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will be with you wherever you go. I will be with you like I was with Moses. I will be with you like I was with the disciples. And I will never, no, never abandon you, never leave you nor forsake you. So be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people into inherit the land I swore to your ancestors to give you. And so, so, so he says the writer wants you to know you're never abandoned. He wants you to know. There was, there was a story I heard from a pastor that I listened to in the Ukraine. We need to pray for the Ukraine because there's about several hundred thousand troops, if you didn't know it, on the border that Mr. Putin would like to go in and do something very nasty to the people of the Ukraine. So we need to pray for the people of the Ukraine right now, and, and our nation is very weak right now, and so we need to really, really pray for them, and so we uh, uh, pray that God will do something. I heard a pastor praying this morning, and he read a passage where there one time there was some people coming down uh, to, to do something terrible, and, uh, and God caused such a ruckus back in the nation. I think it was Israel at the time. I think it was one of their kings. It might have been Saul or somebody. He may have been coming after David, but something was so bad that he had to leave the battle and go back and this pastor was praying and said let that happen sort of in Mr. Putin's situation something so that he has to come away from where he's at and leave this before he does something that's not good for the Ukrainian people but anyway this pastor has a son-in-law that, that is in Ukraine and uh, he is there and there's this neat thing they found out about the law we've been in the Middle East Ukraine sits right next to Moldova and Romania and so we've been there uh, Melvin's been into Ukraine and been done some work in those parts of the world, Jerry, uh, the other Jerry uh, Sims. And and so the people of Ukraine, though, they're a lot like Moldova, a lot of orphans, a lot of uh, uh, just different things after the Soviet era have gone on and, and, and various things that have gone on in that country. Well, these, the, the orphans have given financial means until they get to a certain age. And when they come to the age of 18, 17 or 18, they're cut off. That's the last help they get. And so uh, all of a sudden, these pastors were helping. This, this father that's from the United States came and sees his son-in-law and his wife, and he's intrigued that they're helping orphans and all that, but the orphans are getting help. But he said what intrigued him the most was when he noticed what they were doing. They found out that these 17- and 18-year-olds old kids or 18 year old kids were being cut off immediately they had nothing after this point but they found out in the law that there was a three month window where they had an inheritance that was written into the law that if they they were to file for this three month window if they were to buy an apartment and that apartment could be almost the equivalent of almost $20,000 you couldn't get a piece of land you had to have a dwelling it had to be a place that you would live and if you got a place that you lived within that three months, that was your inheritance. As a child there, you had to do nothing for it. If you could just get and secure that, you could have a place to live. The problem was nobody in the land was was taking advantage of this because the kids didn't know how to go to the banks and secure loans. They didn't know how to go fill out the paperwork. So this pastor all of a sudden picked up on this and he began to take these kids right when they turned 18 and began to go out Find them apartments and began to fill out the paperwork and secure this money. And he said, You should see the people, the faces of these young people, because most of them never get anything. And when the money's cut off, they go living in the streets and they have no place to live and their lives are just hopeless and terrible. But he said, You should see, he was there, he said, and he saw one of these young people go into an apartment that had a little bedroom and it had a little place to live. And that kid was so grinning from ear to ear. he had such hope. That kid did nothing to obtain this inheritance. It was just there. All he had to do was fill out the paperwork and claim the inheritance. The same is true of you and I. There's so many people that live so far below the inheritance that Jesus Christ has given to us. And Jesus is saying, it's already obtained. I've already filled out the paperwork. I've already done everything for you to secure the inheritance. It's yours and it's uh, come and get it. Amen. Amen. And then he says, because of this, and that's where we come back to verse 1, because you have this inheritance, and part of that inheritance is I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Because in every generation, my love is there, my grace is there, my mercy is there, and you can't deplete it, then you're free. And that's what I loved about the last thought, free, free, forever we're free. And he's, we're free in Christ. We're free. We're free because He loves us, because He sent His Son, because He died for us. We are free. And so now He says, because you are free, because you have this inheritance, because these things are done for you, He says, now I want you to continue in brotherly love. Now that you're on a solid rock, Now that you're on a firm foundation, I want you to move in and continue in this brotherly love. I want you to to know because God's with you, then who who can be against you? What can you fear? Move into this brotherly love. Continue to look after one another. And that's what we're going to do in the coming years. We're going to get into groups. We're going to get into small groups. We're going to have Bible studies in our homes. We're going to have prayer meetings in our homes. There's no reason if you can't drive here. My son couldn't get off work the other night. He worked late. He said, Dad, I can't get to prayer. I wish I could get to prayer. I can't get to prayer. Cole does that sometimes. But you know what? There's no reason somebody, when they're passing through Fultondale that lives in Fultondale, that there shouldn't be a prayer meeting joined up, linked up with this right here of the three or four people that can't get here to pray. They can pray there. We can pray here. And we're praying for each other. And we're joining together. Amen? And so that's what he's saying. He's saying, nobody's holding you back now from ministry. He's saying, nobody's holding you back from doing these things so the practical way that you should continue on doing this brotherly love is hey hospitality hospitality show hospitality now he look there were no ends in that day and the ends that they had guess what were full of corruption you didn't want to stay in an end so when a traveler came through that was a christian you know what they said stay with us stay with us in our home you can that's what we do when we go on missions trips we have people that that's what Christ that's what, where we stay with those ministries in Israel man that's what the the uh, what's the name of it Christ church That's what we do there. That's what they do. It's an end for the Christian. It's hospitality that they roll out there. They're feeding us. They're loving on us. It's a respite. It's a place of rest that they're giving us there. Thank God for it, man. It's a place of rest. It's a place I can go pray. It's a place I can get my batteries recharged. It's a place right there. It's the same when we go to Moldova and Victor we go to their home. And man, there's a spread. I don't know how much it cost them. But I mean, they brought out the best and they're feeding us food. Raymond, you saw it over in Africa man you go into these strangers it is strangers, but we're brother, brotherly love, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, my home is your home my bed is your bed, my food is your food and we entertain strangers right, they're not really major strangers, they're our brothers and sisters in Christ, immediately I know these people, can't even talk to them in a, I gotta have an interpreter but immediately man, the love of God, the glow of God, it's just on them all, same at that place, Christ the prayer Presence of God was so in that place, and you're just meeting people. This guy's from Spain. This guy over here is a pastor from such and such. And you just sit down with these people, and they're just they're just hospitable, brotherly love. And he's saying, now that we have all these things in our life secure, now that there's an eternal covenant, man, don't forget the brotherly love between each other. Encourage each other. Strengthen each other. Be hospitable. You know what? My neighbor last night we were doing counseling. They didn't know we're doing counseling. We're doing counseling up till eleven o'clock, doing marriage counseling with somebody. A lot of people don't know what pastors do and what they're doing all week long, but it never stops. You never stop. We're doing. These are people that don't even go to our church, and and we're doing counseling for them. And all of a sudden, we get a text that comes through, and it's our sweet neighbors, and they're saying, "Can we? Uh, will you go to the back door?" And all of a sudden, Marcy goes to the back door, and there's this big basket of just 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 goodies and things, and and just. Showing love, man. Do that to your neighbor. Do that to your neighbor. Don't wait on the neighbor to do it. Bake some cookies this Christmas and take them over to the neighbor you don't know. Be hospitable to somebody. Somebody's at the mailbox, say hello to them. Smile at them. Merry Christmas! Hope you have a great day. I mean, just just it's time to be hospitable. hospitable. He says these are practically uh, practical ways that we can show brotherly love. In verse two, he says, "Do it by being hospitable." We're going to learn to be hospitable. We're going to learn to open my homes. Look, I'm not always hospitable by nature. I don't always. There's times I want to go home, shut down, hide myself off. There's time. Marcy's way more hospitable than I am. She has to kiss, push me out there, and sometimes. You know, and say, but but we need to be hospitable. We need to be hospitable. We need our homes open. We need our lives open. Some of your ends are closed right here. You don't even smile at anybody. You don't even want to talk to anybody. When somebody comes, you go the other direction. Be hospitable. Open your heart up to somebody. Now that that God's grace is here for you always. Now that God's peace is here for you always. Now that God's forgiveness is here for you always. Now that these things are secure, have brotherly love and be hospitable. Amen? Amen. And remember those in bonds. Verse 3. This is how He's ending and telling us to do. Remember those who are going through hard times. When you think Jerry goes to Israel 20 and 30 times, sells his truck so he can go. Remember them. Remember these Jews who need to know Jesus. They need to know their own Messiah. They're hated by the world. They're the off-scourge of the world. There's poor people over there that need a cup of cold water, bread. They need encouragement. The world hates them. And they need encouragement. Same with the neighbor across here. Same with same with uh, uh, the people in Moldova. The same with the people in Romania. The same with, you know, remember those. And especially our brothers and sisters who really are in chains and are in bonds over in places where they're actually in prison. Identify those with their, that are going through hard times. And then in verse 4, he says marriage is honorable. And it's kind of really weird that he skips all the way from, from remembering, be hospitable, remember those that are in chains. And then he says, all of a sudden, the marriage bed uh, here, it's keep it undefiled and it's honorable. Well, one of the things that he's doing right here is that this time in the first century, celibacy became a big issue. And it was something that was a growing phenomenon. And they began to teach and, and preach that if you want to be used by God, then you then you can't get married. And, and 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 so that was a big problem. And even certain denominations that we know of today begin to move it towards this celibacy. And so he inserts this in here for one reason, not the only only reason but for one reason he's saying is that uh it's, it's, it's that if you're if you're married you can be used by God don't you don't have to be single God can use you God can use all of us and the writer says that's not the marriage is good and it's honorable and God can still use somebody that's married and then lastly in verse five and he says be content He says, don't be covetous, be content. In other words, don't let business become so all-consuming that you have no time for God, that you have no time for the things of God. And he says that they allow you, they crowd out. He says, now that you have Christ in your life, and He's your helper, and He never leaves you nor forsakes you, you don't have to worry about material things. You've got God with you, so be content. Be content in the fact that God is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. If you need something, he's got it. He'll have it there for you. And if you don't need it, then he's not going to give it to you. And then, verse 10 in closing, he says, We have an altar. We have an altar. And listen to what he says that they that serve the tabernacle have no right to eat from. Now, here's the deal the yearly sin sacrifice was taken outside the camp, and there's no way they would go outside the camp. Because that's where the detestable things went, outside the camp. So they're not going to eat and do anything outside of there. And so they would take the sin sacrifice and they would burn this outside the camp. And it couldn't be eaten. And Jesus here is saying, um, Jesus stood up later and said these words. He said, unless you eat my flesh and unless you drink my blood, then you have no part of me. And what he's saying is, I am the sacrifice. And you can consume this sacrifice. In fact, anyone in the world who wants to consume this sacrifice can consume this sacrifice. Everybody can partake of Jesus Christ is what he's saying. He is saying to the young and he's saying to the old. And he's saying to this one and the black and the white and this one and to the Jew and the Gentile. Everybody can eat this sacrifice. Everybody can partake of this sacrifice. And that's why in this church we try to celebrate every generation and every people... Because we, he's saying that we are one body, and he says, I want to be part of the family of God. And he says, every generation, he says, you're never too old, and you're never too young to partake of Christ. He's available in every generation, and he's available to all. Amen? What a great, great word. Hallelujah. And so that's what it brings us down to today, is hopefully by you joining in and saying simply, he closes the book with faith and with opportunity. Faith and opportunity. Faith in Christ and an opportunity to work the works of God. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, and and so I hope today, I hope today, and I want Brother Jerry to come on up and he's going to close us out in a song. But I hope today that your heart as we come to the close of Hebrews will come to a place where you say, I want to be part of the family of God. And I want to be part of the ongoing work of God in in Brookside in this coming year. I want to live for God. And it might get tough in areas of my life. But we're going to know in 2022 that everything's being shaken. Everything's being shaken. And you know what? We started last year with COVID and we were all, what's going to happen? And no, let's stay in our houses and we don't want to go outside. You can come on up, Jerry. Well, you don't want to, we don't want to go outside. We don't want to go outside and we're scared. And no, we don't know what's going to happen. And we were all on unshaken ground. And we said, we're going to get on a firm foundation. We're going to get on a firm foundation. We're eternally secure, folks. Live, we live for Christ. To die, we gain. And so we're on a firm footing with the covenant. Remember Jesus. Say that again? Yeah, we're on a firm footing with the covenant. <laughs> and here, here he, he, he says that his presence will remain with us. So in 2022, I really not look into what the news says is going to happen or how if it's going to get worse or if it's going to get better. I really don't care. The presence of God is going to go with us. The presence of God is going to go with us. I will never, no, never, no, never, no, never, no, never leave you nor forsake you. So do not fear. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. So Brookside Church of God in 2022, let's rise up and be courageous. And let's be ambassadors. And let's minister. And let's not hide and bury our talents. And let's quit making excuses excuses. That, well, I'm just not as loud as you. I'm just not as vote. I just don't have a speaking voice. I just don't have, I can't play the guitar as good as Jerry. No, he's with you. He's with you. He's with you. So you're qualified to do whatever he's telling you to do. You know what their son's doing today? You know what he's doing? Their son is, uh, is headed to Mexico tomorrow. And you're paying for it. So give yourselves a hand of pray on his first mission trip and they're going to an orphanage and they're going to minister, and they're going to give. And guess what? And God's opening doors. He, there's a possibility that he's going to go to a, I'm jealous, I'm jealous. I don't know that it's going to happen yet, but there's a Bible school that is my favorite Bible school in the world that God, we're, I'm talking with Brother Rick, and there's possibilities that he might be going to. And I'm telling you, God is faithful. Do you, do you think he feels like he should be doing these things? or, he's, or he's No, but God's with him. And the same with you in this coming year. Amen? I Terry leading men's vets? yes, God's with him. Is he? You know, are we the most qualified to be doing the things we're doing? No, but God's with us, and He He's with us. He's with us. Nana just did something impossible this morning. She came in that room and told me why not? Because Nana can do it, but God's with her, you know. And so we're going to be obedient in the coming days. Amen. We got people that are doing amazing, amazing, amazing things, and we're going to do more amazing things. So we're going to get up and we're going to go be the body of. Christ in 2022 because guess what I can't go everywhere I can't get into the hospitals now sometimes but guess what Diane could and led a man to, to his salvation before he died amen what if Diane wouldn't go I can't get in there we're going, we're doing things, and you're going and doing things. So in 2022, outreach, man, outreach, get ready. Outreach, going, and, 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 and doing the work of the Lord. And so I love you, church. I thank God for you. And I'm looking forward to next week. Uh, Christmas begins, and we're going to pray for the program, practice afterwards. And uh, I'm going to turn it over for a few minutes to Jerry's 1203. He's going to come up, say a word or two, and then he's going to close us with a good song. And, uh, Jerry.